0: Beyond
1: the Mic with Sean Dillon. Woo-hoo! We're joined on the Star Line by resilient speaker, author, and climber. He summited Mount Everest in 2017, survived earthquakes and avalanches there in 2015. His story of that 2015 journey is The Next Everest. We welcome author Jim Davidson. Great to be with you today. Jim, let's go beyond the mic. Everest is the holy grail for climbers. Over 29,000 feet, many try every year, few succeed. Why was climbing Mount Everest so important for you?
0: Well, you know, I think the thing is, it, it drew me in as a young man. I started climbing in New England when I was 20 years old, been climbing for 33 years at that point. But when I went to Everest, it's kind of just the epitome to me of challenge. And I think there's a lot of power in picking a big challenge and trying to raise yourself up to meet that. For some people, they find that challenge in music or meditation or getting their degree or starting a business. For me, it was mountains. And so I spent decades getting ready and finally got to go there in 2015.
1: Now, Jim, the environment of Everest picks on every single weakness you might have, emotional and physical. How was that experience facing adversity and surviving? How did it change you? It is a brutal environment, and sometimes it's not very fun. The air is
0: so thin at 18,000 feet, there's half as much air. It makes it difficult to sleep. It makes it difficult to eat. And on my Everest expeditions, I tend to lose about 20 pounds of muscle per trip because it's so difficult on your body. But if you can endure that situation and get through those tough times, that's what grows you into something better, something bigger. And that makes you more resilient for the next challenge or the next opportunity down the road. And I think that's why we seek these challenges is to try and make ourselves ready for the next thing that comes along, be it a mountain or be it a pandemic, like we've all had to endure.
1: The Gorka earthquake measured seven point eight on the rector scale. In your book, you talk about leaving your tent in your socks. How disorienting was it on the mountain at base camp? while the earthquake went on. Well,
0: with the avalanches roaring at us from two sides and the earth bucking up and down beneath us and the incredible wind and noise, it was very disorienting. Uh, I mean, I managed, the good thing was I managed to put my avalanche beacon on so that if I got buried, hopefully my teammates could find me. But the demonstration of how disoriented I was is what you just said. I ran outside in my socks. Uh, I, I didn't even think to put shoes on and I've been a climber for 33 years. So you're trying to do whatever you can in that moment to try and increase your chances of survival but there's just an overwhelming amount of information coming at you and you have seconds to decide what to do.
1: 40 years of interest, 33 years of training, and then nine hours in 2015, poof, Yep. It's over. Yep. How did your 2017 summit feel after the tragedy of 2015 and then watching five out of your 15 group of 15 that didn't even make it to the summit?
0: Yeah, it's uh, Everest is kind of picks people off, like you said, because the environment's so difficult, and it was tough to decide to go back in twenty seventeen. But I wanted to go visit Nepal again and help them keep their tourism industry going, and I wanted to try the mountain for myself. So I trained all over again, went back even in the risk of more earthquakes and avalanches, and it took us 61 days to make the make it to the top of Everest. And like you said, a third of my teammates were too sick to make it. So when I got there, it was not a feeling of, of macho celebration or victory or that I conquered the mountain. In fact, even the phrase conquering the mountain just makes me chuckle because it's so silly. Uh, the mountain's enormous. It could flick me away like a little bug if it wants to. So when I finally reached the summit, I had a very humble feeling and a very grateful feeling that I was able to keep pushing, even though there were setbacks and that I got lucky enough and was part of a strong enough team to get a chance to climb it. So I felt
1: very small on the planet and very humble and grateful to be there. We're talking to author Jim Davidson, author of The Next Everest Beyond the Mic. A typical American has things we take granted for, cell phone, running water, lights, but for someone from Nepal, it would be an incredible luxury. What makes Nepal so special?
0: It almost seems like a little bit of a magic reverse formula because you're right, they don't have many luxuries at all. They're they're a country that needs a lot of uh, technology help and fiscal help, and yet they seem to be some of the happiest people I've ever seen in my travels around the world. And I think they kind of realize that you extract your happiness from those good moments uh, with family, with friends, and with community. They make a lot of celebrations, a lot of religious celebrations as well. And they're trying to move uh, upward. They want their children to have better educations and more comforts. And they're they're making good progress. I've been there five times over the last uh, 29 years. They're making progress, but I think they've learned the secret of extracting joy as they go because material goods come and go. Easy times and difficult times come and go, but you have to kind of
1: enjoy the ride because, uh, you know, we have to enjoy the present while it lasts. For the Sherpas climbing and helping climbers, that's their life. Talk about P.K., your Sherpa, for this adventure.
0: Yeah, the the Sherpa people are one ethnic group that live in the mountains. There are other groups like them uh, to the east and to the west. Uh, P.K. Sherpa was a young man from a a village of Portse. It's always important to know what village people come from in the mountains of Nepal. Uh, He was a, a, a happy young man, for sure. He taught me a little bit more Nepali language, and his English was pretty good, so we helped each other on language skills. And uh, he's a guide on Mount Everest. He's probably, he, in fact, I know he's up there right now. It's probably his sixth or seventh year up there. It's a difficult and dangerous way to make a living, but he does it for his family. Uh, you know, he wants to raise his children up best he can and get them educated. So he does this dangerous work. And uh, that's how he's helping his family and his community advance uh, economically and hopefully education-wise as well.
1: Waste is swamping Everest. How do you make safe travels without bringing as much waste to the mountain?
0: Excellent question. Yeah, everywhere we go, humans produce trash and we produce waste. And we have to take responsibility for that and we have to manage it. You sometimes hear that the mountain's covered with trash. I didn't see that. I'm an environmental geologist and I spent 20 years cleaning up waste sites across uh, North America and around the world. So I looked around and I did see trash. A lot of it's from decades past because, as you may remember, up until about 1970, we didn't have much ethics around cleaning up gasoline spills or picking up our trash. We maybe threw it in our landfill, but also people just threw things out the windows of their cars. So eventually we got environmental ethics to try and clean things up. We still get some back old messes to clean things up, both in America and on Mount Everest. So we still need to do more to try and control our trash and our human waste in remote areas and try and bring it back out of the mountains and just be responsible for our waste as we
1: go and also clean up those old messes that were left behind by prior generations. Quote, in case the planes don't fly and there's no food along the way. I'm carrying enough calories with me to walk all the way to Jerry, unquote. You are prepared to walk 115 harsh trail miles away just to escape. Yes.
0: Uh, you, like, like all of us this last year in the pandemic, you do what you have to do to endure the difficult times. And along the way, you try and pick each other up, and there's going to be some good days and some bad days and maybe some hungry days, but humans are incredibly resilient if we just keep looking inside ourselves and ask ourselves, can I get this done? Who could I do this for? And I knew if I had to walk 115 miles or 915 miles, I needed to try and get home and keep taking care of my family. So you do what you have to do, you help others out as you can, as you go. So what's
1: your next challenge?
0: The biggest challenge has been getting this book written so that I could share this terrible experience of the earthquake and hopefully tease out some lessons from this difficult experience. So I spent two hard years writing the book and another six months polishing it up, I'm glad it's out there now, so I'm trying to talk to people like yourself and share the message, and also, frankly, get ready for the next Everest that comes along, the next challenge or the next opportunity, so I've got to try and take care of my family and stay as fit as I can, get through this pandemic, uh, and help my community where I can, because there's always another good challenge or another tough challenge coming down the road. That's why I called the book The Next Everest. Uh, the next Everest. We have to get ready
1: for it. It's time for one big question with author Jim Davidson, Beyond the Mic. Jim, how is your incredible wife, Gloria? Who's a nurse fighting on the front lines of COVID-19 doing?
0: Well, uh, her job has been difficult uh, being on the front lines for over 13 months now as a COVID nurse. And I watch her get up every morning and go into that dangerous place and uh, come home again, exhausted at the end of a 12 or 13 hour shift. So her actions are inspiring me. And I think our children as well, which is her job is not fun. Her job is not easy. It is dangerous, but she does the best job she can with all our medical colleagues. And I think that teaches us all a lesson about doing our part, whether that's getting vaccinated, wearing our mask, or picking up trash wherever we go. Do your part to make your community a little bit better because there's going to be times when we have to rely upon maybe people that know about the mountains and other times people that know about medicine. We need to take turns lifting each other up and contribute when we can.
1: Outstanding. He summited Mount Everest, was willing to walk 115 miles to safety, and has an amazing wife helping patients recover from COVID-19. His book is The Next Everest. Author Jim Davidson, Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today.
0: Thank you for your kind words uh, about my wife, and I
1: will pass that along to her, sir. And that, my friends, is a Beyond the Mic shortcut.